Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined today by Justin Wells. Uh, it's a Sunday morning, and we're going to talk a little Longhorn football, a little Big 12 football from yesterday, as well as the big news that hit this morning uh, about the Big 12 signing a new media rights deal. Uh, the rights deal would uh, pay uh, other Big 12 teams in the neighborhood of $50 million in total, $30 million from their Tier 1 and Tier 2 media rights. Uh, that would be up from $22 million, uh, while Texas and OU are there. It would not start until 2025. Uh, but this is news that uh, impacts the Longhorns uh, because it th then clears the way potentially for Texas to leave the SEC before 2025, which is the current setup. Uh, and the public expectations, even if private Longhorn expectations are quite different. I'm joined today by Justin Wells of InsideTexas.com. Uh, Justin, welcome in, bud. Hey, good morning there, Bobby. On uh, a bye week weekend, the last day of it. I got to tell you, I'm enjoying this bye week. Joe Cook tweeted out something profound yesterday. Bye week is amazing. Yeah, people don't realize how hard we hit it a little bit. Not that anybody else doesn't have a hard job. I mean, I, everybody, everybody works hard in, in life and does their thing. Um, but really from mid-August until uh, mid-December, we don't really have a, a family life other than, uh, you know, putting our arm around our kid every so often and saying, hey, nice to see you. Uh, it's it's kind of a, an ongoing thing. I, I want to say thank you to our sponsor, first and foremost, uh, Bertolatis Rodman, the, the law firm. At Bertolatis Rodman, it's about the relationships. The full service law firm specializes in business and real estate law. Uh, they satisfy the needs of a startup uh, to complex negotiations for a big company that every contract needed in between. Bertolatis Rodman develops lasting, meaningful relationships that puts their client first. Uh, we appreciate their sponsorship of uh, On Texas Football. Uh, hey, Justin, uh, let's start really with uh, my comment uh, on the Big 12 uh, and their media deal. Uh, my source is telling me that this paves the way for Texas, perhaps, as well as Oklahoma to get out a, a little earlier. Now that the Big 12 has their money, um, now that they have the most important aspect of their future confirmed, which is their longevity uh, after right. Texas and OU. Now they can get to the brass tacks of dealing with Texas and Oklahoma actually leaving in the when and where of it. Uh, your feeling right now on, on all of that, I do want to add one thing. Also, this media deal is an increase from previous years for the teams. Now, the entire industry is going up, so we understand that. Uh, but it is an increase, which means that teams like Baylor and Texas Tech and even Oklahoma State that were uh, perhaps talking about their uh, state brethren leaving for greener pastures and making more money and leaving them behind, that no longer rings true. So when Texas Tech or whoever asked for a 20-year home and home because they're losing because of financial hardship, uh, it that fact rings hollow. Uh, Justin, your your thoughts on this move by the Big 12 and their uh, financial uh, situation? I, I think you said it. This sit, sets their foundation. I, I think Brett Yormark going into get taking this position, this was his number one priority, solidifying uh, kind of the baseline for, for all their moves moving forward. Uh, I think this is obviously a, a big move for, for the Big 12 and, and Fox. I'm curious, though, because like you said, there's an inflation among these conferences and these deals. 
come, coming up. And I'm real curious to see what the SEC payout's going to be over the next couple of years and what, you know, what the Big Ten payout's going to be over the next few years because we know with the moving of, of some of the Pac-12 schools to, to the Big Ten, with, with obviously Texas and, and, and Oklahoma moving, and then the Big 12 is going to invite a few new teams into, into their conference. Um, the money was always going to be there, I felt like, Bobby. Now it's going to be a how much scenario. It's going to be, will you get this? Will they'll get that? And will we'll get this kind of situation. And I think that's a lot of what's been behind this realignment. I think that's what's been a lot behind a lot of the playoff expansion talk. It's the generation of more revenue. Just the, the, the idea of, of getting the most out of the product. And so give the Big 12 credit for, for getting that nailed down. Uh, but like I said, I'm curious to see what some of these other conferences, what, what kind of bumps you're going to see over there in the next few years. Uh, I, I think you said, what, 50, 55? Yeah, it's, it's, it looks like it's going to be in the 50 range all in when you include championship game, NCAA tournament. So it's not just media, tier one and tier two media rights. Right. Uh, it's, the, uh, it's the entire package that gets them in the 50s. The media rights segment looks like it's in the 30 millions, uh, like 33 in a third uh, million per year, which is up, I think, from the mid 20s, uh, yeah. mid high 20s previously. So it's an increase. Uh, granted, it's only like a 10% increase. It's not the uh, 40 or 50% increase like Texas will be looking at uh, when they go into the SEC. That's my thing. It, 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 they got a bump because, we, like we said, we've seen the inflation with these these media rights. But I, I like on the other end, what you know, a ten percent bump is nice. But with what the way the dollars are being thrown around in the market now, uh, that that they they may have gotten pennies on the dollar for that deal. Uh, because yeah. in your mark, that's what he's brought in. He's a businessman with Acumen. He knows what he's what, what they need to try to nail down for the foundation of that conference. But I think you're going to see a lot bigger numbers come out when, it, when, we're, when we're referring to UT and OU and the SEC, UCLA and USC and the Big Ten and some of those other schools. That's where you're going to see a, a serious jolt. I don't think – I think this is proof that while adding Cincinnati and, and BYU or, or, or Houston, you know, Central Florida, while adding those schools was good for the conference solidarity – it didn't necessarily bring any more revenue to it, which I feel like is the long-term goal. But you know what? We'll, we'll let that all play out. Yeah, I think I think everybody else just wanted to survive, uh, and that and yeah. adding those four schools uh, made that a reality. Now they'll look to pick off some guys from the Pac-12. We'll see if that works uh, because Pac-12 has yet to do their media deal. I want to say this: uh, preliminary figures, Justin, for the SEC. Uh, with Texas and OU, looks like between eighty to hundred million a year. So doubled, doubled basically. Yeah, and the question begs: uh, Is that enough money for those guys to maybe forego two years of revenue in their previous conferences of fifty million or so and pay back that that out of the new eighty to one hundred they might be getting? Yeah, uh, I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's in play. Maybe it's not. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see. I do believe now Texas and Oklahoma. <laughs> can begin the process of truly moving away from the Big 12 now that the Big 12 has uh, inked an agreement or uh, met a uh, resolution with their- The parting of the way she'll be, should be more transparent moving forward. Yep. Hey, next question. And I think this is, you know, what did we learn uh, on Saturday in the Big 12? Let's start with what happened in Manhattan, Kansas, 48 to nothing. I mean, it was a whitewash. I watched the game- 
DVR'd it so I didn't miss anything. Kansas State looked good. Oklahoma State looked absolutely flat. Plays they were making against Texas, they didn't make. Penalties that they didn't get against Texas, they got against Kansas State. Um, but Kansas State looked good throwing the ball uh, in spots, right? Third and five, they were hitting. Uh, Deuce Vaughn, a couple of nice long runs. Uh, what are your thoughts uh, on Kansas State absolutely obliterating uh, the Cowboys up in Manhattan? My first thought is, Alexander, close your door. My second thought is these guys, I think Gundy said it best in, in, at the end. They they exhausted all their bullets on last Saturday. And you know what? We see this every year from the Big 12. These schools, they, they treat Texas a lot of times like a Super Bowl, and it's it's such a big win there. I think they 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 used a lot of their their goodness, their 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 debits <laughs> towards that game the week before. I that was the most surprising to me. But at the same time, and, and even with Kansas State, I believe with Adrian Martinez, you know, not being healthy, they're starting to click. This is a team that's starting to find their identity. Chris Kleiman, this is, you know, I picked Kansas State to win the Big 12 championship this year because I felt like this was the culmination of all the last few classes Kleiman's brought in. His culture is in is very much instilled. He's doing a tremendous job. And then he's got a fa- an X factor in Deuce Vaughn that, if you get a lead or if you get some momentum, you get anything, that's a big play waiting to happen. And so I, I did not see a shutout. I did not see that. Similar to not seeing Texas shut out OU in the Red River beatdown. Just did not see a shutout coming. In the Big 12, these are so rare. But, you know, Kansas State, they just – that's a good program. They played well on both sides. I was surprised how well they played on defense. I kind of knew what to expect from the offense. You got Malik Knowles, Deuce, obviously. You know what you're going to get there. On the defensive side, they were playing tremendous football. And I think Oklahoma State's injuries, which they were over to, they were able to overcome last weekend against Texas, they couldn't overcome at this time. That depth, lack of depth, caught up to them. And going in Manhattan's tough. People don't realize, you know, they got a gigantic dairy barn across the street from, from, from the stadium. So I always feel at home when, when I go to Kansas state, I love the atmosphere there. It's good. And I tell you what, six o'clock this Saturday, because we're out of bye week now, Bobby. Now we got a new week here. The Lord has blessed us, man. They got to go to, they got to go to Manhattan. And what I tweeted last night, Kansas state's going to be real confident coming into this next battle. They've got the big 12 championship looking right, right ahead of him. Well, I think the win sets up uh, – I mean, it's straightforward now. There's going to – unless K-State goes undefeated the rest of the way, um, uh, there's going to be a two-loss team in the in the Big 12 championship. Yes. Uh, that leads me to a team that I thought played extremely well over the weekend. That's the Baylor Bears. Yes. Uh, they went into Lubbock and demoralized uh, Texas Tech and Joey McGuire. Uh, 45 to 17 was the final. Uh, it was a little bit closer than that. I think uh, uh, it was 24-17 at one time. It was a better Baylor, game than half. Yeah, Baylor Baylor scored the final 21 points of the game. Uh, but they did it by running the football in the, the fourth quarter and really demoralizing. Uh, they, uh, Texas Tech went to – they they not only went with Barron's Morton, they also went with Tyler Slough, uh, the uh, guy that uh, started the season – 
a lot of interceptions there. Baylor's starting to play a little bit better brand of football. Um, and so Longhorns play them in a couple weeks as well. Uh, so I tell you what, uh, Texas is going to – Texas better come out of this bye week uh, ready to go because otherwise Baylor looked good yesterday. Kansas State looked like a whale. Uh, they looked unbelievable. Uh, TCU uh, remained undefeated by winning winning at West Virginia. The score is a little not necessarily indicative of the outcome. Uh, the final score was uh, TCU up by 10, uh, but that was actually on a, a pass play that put them up by 10. TCU only scored three points against West Virginia in the second half. Remember I told you that was my trap game. Yeah. It, the it more was I watched that game, the more I was going to text you and say, Bobby, remember what I told you about it being a trap game? Yep. That one was tricky, man. That one was – you're right. That, that last final stretch, they looked solid, man. And Kansas is not a pushover anymore. Yeah, that's it. that's the other one is Kansas didn't – Kansas, like Texas, uh, had the bye week. And so those four games, uh, you know – I, I feel like Texas is going to be favored in a couple of them, may not be in all of them. Uh, but at the same time, this is a Texas team that has kind of rode a wave of uh, in uncertainty and, and inconsistency that, you know, frankly, you and I are tired of talking about. Um, we want we want some consistency as well. I uh, thought they had a chance at it last week, but just couldn't pull it out in Stillwater. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll see a different Texas offense that perhaps uh, challenges the K-State defense in a different way. Uh, but, uh, you know, you never know uh, as it relates to that. Um, speaking of the Texas uh, football team, Justin, uh, in the humidor on Friday, you had some team notes. Uh, you're also putting up a story today about some NFL prospects of the of the Texas teams. Do me a favor uh, on the current Texas team. Do me a favor. Uh, give people a brief synopsis of the uh, NFL stuff that you're that you've posted. Uh, essentially caught up with a handful of people, uh, most notably uh, NFL draft analysis, uh, analysis uh, guru, uh, Dane Brugler from The Athletic. He's a good friend of Inside Texas, good friend of mine. Uh, caught up with him to get the idea. You know, every offseason, him and I always go back and forth on Texas players. Who's popular? Who's not? You know, what are some of the tidbits of each one? Always trying to share information. And he gave me a great rundown at what looks like Texas is going to, you know, what the, what they lacked in the 2022 NFL draft. They're going to more than more than make up for uh, in next April's uh, player selection call. Uh, yeah, this is going to be cool because Texas has legitimate NFL guys now. And what we've learned in recruiting is it, the draft is part of the recruitment. It's not the whole. It, it's only a section but when LSU sent 14 guys to the NFL draft after they won the national championship, they signed the best class. When, you know, so it, 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 there's a correlation there that, that really goes together. And I think when, when people see that Texas might have between five and seven kids drafted uh, this next NFL draft, that's going to be huge for, for, for uh, Sark and those guys in recruiting. Because like I said, it's not a major focal point, but it, it's, it's something that's discussed in every house. And, and it also gives a lens a little bit to Sark's development and those guys, you know, bringing those guys along. And so, uh, yeah, we, 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 in the bye week, we have to be creative. And the truth is there, there's some buzz around some of these guys. Some of these seniors on defense are having great seasons and they're, they're looking at possibly getting a, a more than a cup of coffee on Sundays. Yeah. You know, you mentioned that who are the top two or three in your opinion, uh, Justin, that are in that category. Uh, for Texas, according to Dane and what, what you uh, learned. 
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. He thinks, well, I'll give you the three that we feel like he feels like it's going to be in that order. Uh, Bijan Robinson, we're looking at most likely a first round pick. Uh, highly unlikely he gets out of the first round, probably in the 10 to 20 range. Uh, I know the Houston Texans and the Green Bay Packers have been uh, very much involved in, in, in paying attention and in, in researching Bijan right now. The Texans have two first round picks as well. Um, Rashawn Johnson is supposed to be the next one off the board. Wow. Uh, so one, two at, at the running back position. Yes. Yes. Uh, looking at p- potentially a third to fourth round pick. It, it's not just the fact that he's a, a good athlete and a good leader. It's the fact that he actually is a good running back. He, he has some running back skills, but it's the special teams, Bobby. It's, it's the thing that he's going to make an NFL roster and get drafted and have a career because he's going to do a lot of little things. In addition to being not an every down back, but a back, but they don't exist. Those really don't exist anymore. Bobby. Hey, hey, Malcolm running back by committee now. Malcolm Brown was good at Texas. The the running back Malcolm Brown. He's still in the league. I know, and he did it by not just being a fantastic running back, but a solid running back. But he contributed everywhere. Good out of the backfield. Good on special. And he was a player, and that works in that league. Uh, yeah. if, you're, if you're that level, the uh, who else besides those two after those two? The last one uh, that that one's it's going back and forth, but it looks like a, a battle between Demarvion Overshone and Tavondre Sweat. Tavondre Sweat has really climbed the boards, Bobby. Uh, this is a guy that I think essentially the staff has you know convinced him because he's had some issues over the last few years of I wouldn't necessarily say taking plays off, but not being a max effort every play guy. That's tough on D linemen. That that's that's tough. So it's basically, look, we'll give you twenty five to thirty snaps a game. Give everything you have for twenty five to thirty snaps a game. This defensive line in front and rotation has allowed him to give that twenty five to thirty snaps. You know what it does? It keeps him fresh. It keeps him healthy. And the most, it keeps him impactful. That's why I think he's been making such a jump. So some of those D linemen are going to come off the board in the later rounds. But don't be surprised to see Demarvion Overshone. Um, the, it's it's his athleticism just jumps his his ability to go sideline to sideline really jumps off the page um it's always going to be an issue with putting on muscle it's always going to be an issue possibly with injuries because we know he's been prone up until this last year uh but the the stuff he does just you don't see a lot in college football potentially you don't see it as a finished product and I think a lot of NFL teams could see him as a hybrid type, as not only an edge guy that that could blitz on third downs, but but potentially a nickel uh, hybrid type uh, linebacker, a guy that an Isaiah Simmons type that could play at two different levels. Because don't forget, this kid was a safety in high school, and he was a really really good one. And so I think Overshone's got a lot of buzz, and he's going to test well. Here's my point on that: as long as they don't ask him to be a downhill linebacker. I mean, an inside linebacker. He's too, I, he'll get too caught in the wash. Oh, it, it, he'll be destroyed in that league yeah. um, because he already has problems with it at Texas. 
but they try to use him that way to get him on the field uh, as well. So uh, that's interesting, Justin. Um, you, you mentioned uh, earlier uh, that we're, we're also talking about the Texas team, and they use it in the humidor they use this week to try to get healthy a little bit. Uh, what's the latest status on, on guys at the, for the Longhorns coming off this bye week? Well, you know, you and I mentioned this, I believe, on last Sunday. You know, this bye week came at a really, really good time. Um, I, I'm just doubling down on that because a lot of kids did – a lot of starters didn't practice this week. And if they did, it was very low tempo, uh, more kind of just, uh, you know, getting your workout in, getting your work in, stuff like that, uh, kind of fine-tuning things on both sides of the ball. I think there was a lot of that on, on, on this week, which, if, you know, if you talk to people close to the players, they really wanted that. They wanted to fine-tune some things on defense, some things on offense. As what we saw against Stillwater, we, you know, a Texas team that played well, they just had too many mistakes. They had too many penalties, too many uh, misfires from quarterback to receiver, too many receivers not on the same page, blah, blah, blah. A lot of that was what got worked on. And so – that allowed guys like Ryan Watts to get help to to, to try to get healthy. Uh, you've got a Jalen Gilbo who who could miss some time. That that's a guy that that we're going to monitor even more this next week. But you know that it's looking like he may he may miss that he may miss a few games uh, from that friendly fire of Demarion Overshone. And so um, that's that's the main thing is these guys just want to get healthy. You know Anthony Cook's got a a broken forearm, but he's still practicing and he's still going through the reps as if he's still going to play. And so he's going to be one we're monitoring and, and trying to pay attention to. And then overall, it was a big week for the quarterbacks and receivers to just go hang out with each other. They did a lot of seven on seven. They did a lot of stuff, just them being on the same page, more of a timing thing, uh, more, more working on grouping, who comes in, who comes out, who can who can be versatile. You know, you're learning that, you know, Xavier Worthy has that outside spot, but, man, Jordan Whittington is versatile. He can play inside and out. And Jatavian Sanders, there was a few times in the second half where that was a open guy, and they want to make sure they don't forget what really got him the offense to where it was because pre-Oklahoma State, we had never seen 14 deliberate targets to one guy. Xavier Worthy was the game plan, which we had, you know, incidentally kind of mentioned in, in the human or the week before that, that that would be a focus before he was going, Quinn was going through his reads. If there was no worthy, it was, it was Whittington or it was Sanders or it was Bijan and Rashawn out of the backfield. And so that to me is the biggest takeaway from this last week of practice, getting guys healthy. A lot of guys that, that play were dinged up. Didn't, didn't necessarily practice. They went more with, with, with just the, with the workouts and those receivers and quarterbacks getting on the same page, because like you said, there's a month left. And they've got some tough teams. Kansas State's defense is solid. TCU's defense is solid in spurts. Kansas is playing respectable. And then Baylor's always going to hit you in the mouth no matter what you do. And so these guys better be ready. And I think this bye week was perfect. I, I think it allowed a lot of guys to get healthy, a lot of guys to get on the same page and refocus that final stretch for 2022. Let me ask you this. And this is this is I'm just going to be I'm sitting here looking at it. Texas finished five and seven a year ago. Uh, they go two and two. They end up seven and five. I still think that's a positive year. I know a lot of people want eight and four. I, I said they might win eight games heading into the year. I thought they might win eight games if you include a bowl game. Um, I think it's imperative that they get to a bowl game. So that means they have to go at least one and three uh, down the stretch. What's more likely, in your opinion, Texas going four and zero down the stretch or zero and four? 
kind of split the difference. I I think I think two and two is reasonable. I think yeah. I think I think four and zero. I don't think is happening. And zero and four. I don't think is happening. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be a mixture. I can see a split two and two. And I'm with you, based on what we've seen. A seven and five. It, it's not going to be bad, especially with who they're facing heading down the stretch. That last game of the season, we wrote something beginning of the year, talked about what we thought was the most important game each season. And obviously, with Texas OU battles, that, that's usually numero uno. But outside of that, I thought this Baylor game, because I thought so much is going to be riding on the Big 12 championship appearance in that last game, that that the Baylor game at home hosting Baylor late would be huge, especially considering last year Texas outplayed them in Waco. Texas is two drop passes from winning that game in Waco. And so that that's that that's still there's a hangover there as well. Uh, yeah, I, I can't go for no. That's not happening. Oh, and four is not happening either. I'll split the difference. Two and two. All right. That's fair. All right. Uh, let me say thank you to our uh, sponsor again. Then I have you one final question for you, Justin. Uh, at Bertolotis Rodman, it's about the relationships. The full service law firm specializes in business and real estate law, satisfying the needs of everyone from a startup to complex negotiations of a big company to everyone in between. Bertolotis Rodman develops lasting, meaningful relationships that put their clients first. Tim Rodman, uh, a good guy over there at Bertolotis Rodman. Um, Justin, uh, what are your expectations Saturday in, in Manhattan? You know, I wish you'd asked me that on Thursday. Yeah, following that 48 nothing win over uh, Oklahoma State uh, and what uh, the, yeah, that, 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 confidence that level tweaks it quite a bit. I'm not worried about Texas confidence. I think this is a bunch that not only really likes playing around each other, they're, they're, they're still confident in what they can do and what they can accomplish. These coaches have done a really good job changing that culture. It's just about finishing games now and, and winning games you're supposed to. Um, yeah, after, yesterday, after yesterday's, I mean, I thought it was going to be tough regardless going into the year. Then Kansas State started a little slow. Then they started to hit stride at the right time, kind of how we thought they might. You know, this will be a test. That's the beauty of, of, of college football and what we do. Texas fans, it's going to be a test. If, you're, if the Horns can go down to Manhattan and pull that, that W out, and look, K-State's, what, 6-2, number 22 in the country. The poll's going to come out in another hour. They're probably going to be in the top 20 now. Deservedly so. They knocked off numbers. What was – Oklahoma State, number 11, number 10, number 11. Number nine, yeah. They knocked up a a top 10 team, so they're going to jump up in there as well. We're going to see the line come out, and I think Texas is going to be the underdog by probably a field goal when it comes to that. And so my expectations are it's going to be a close game. It's going to be a battle. It's not going to be a high-scoring affair. I don't think you're going to see that. I think you're going to see a more deliberate offense on both sides. I think there's going to be more script for Texas, especially in the second half when the adjustment time really needs to happen. And so my expectations, I'll uh, I'll save my prediction for later in the week when we get some injury news on both sides of the ball, because I know I know Kansas State's dealing with theirs as well. Uh, and we'll have that in the IT roundtable on, on Friday to, to to see. But I got to ask you one question for before we go, Bobby. Are you going to reverse the curse? <laughs> Am I going to start actually picking who I think is going to win? Is what you're saying? And would that change anything? No, I mean I think that's over. <laughs> I, I, with, they, with the loss to Oklahoma State, I think I just need to go with what I think uh, because I tried to do that and I came too close to the truth. 
uh, in my prediction uh, this past week. I, I picked the uh, Cowboys by seven because they would win in the second half. And it just uh, that that came too close to the truth. Uh, so uh, this week I'll be I'll be going with my true thoughts on the matter. Uh, look, Texas has to go in and, and beat a team that is on that may be riding an all time high as a program uh, from in the last certainly in the last handful of years and certainly under a new coach, Chris Kleiman. Uh, so I feel like this is going to be a tough ask for the Longhorns heading into Manhattan, Kansas. And I don't know if they're up to the task. I really, really don't. I hope they are. I think that um, the Texas offense has the capacity uh, to beat them. And I do believe that Texas can take away a lot of the run game that makes makes Kansas State so dangerous. Uh, that being said, Texas will be, if, if Gilbo is out, Texas will definitively be without two of its top six defensive backs. Uh, and the replacements have not uh, looked all that good. Uh, for uh, uh, for the Longhorns this year, so that combined, Justin, I, I think it's going to be tough for Texas. But we'll we'll wait and see. Uh, you never know what you're going to get with this Texas offense. One thing's for sure: Texas beat uh, this same K State team uh, a year ago uh, in Austin uh, to close the season out. So we need to see what Texas has in store for the Wildcats up in Manhattan coming up. I feel like Bijan has his best against the Purple. If you notice, Bijan has a, has a taste for purple wildcat for whatever reason. I it was Roshan that put him on her back last year. Right, 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 right. But if uh, you'll so I I think that you know one of my problems that I had against Oklahoma State is uh, Texas. I thought figured out who they were against Iowa State in the fourth quarter. Run the ball, run the ball, run the ball when the chips are down. Texas did not run the ball when the chips were down on second and seven at the Oklahoma State 40 or 35, whatever it was, uh, on last week. And I think it bit them in the butt. Who are you as a team? What is your identity? Uh, they've got – you just told me that their top two players, their top two upperclassmen in the NFL draft are B. John Robinson and Roshan Johnson. Ride them. Use them. Wear them out. They're capable of it. Um, Texas does that, figures out who they really are, whereas I feel like – K-State has figured out who they are. K-State's known who they are since two, a year ago. Yep, yep. You get my point, right? Yeah, and, I, do. I do. And that's that's where I come back and say, okay, Sark has to lead this team through a difficult sit, stretch and really lean into who and what they are. All right. For Justin Wells, uh, I'm Bobby Burton. That's been this episode of On Texas Football. Uh, we appreciate you guys watching. Uh, Lunch with the coach will be on tomorrow, even though there's no game. I'm going to be talking to Coach Brian Irwin. Uh, about everything as well. We'll have the inside scoop on in, on uh, some recruiting news. I know Jerry and Justin are working uh, on that today uh, on InsideTexas.com. Be looking for that tomorrow uh, as well. For Justin Wells, I'm Bobby Burton. Thanks for watching.